Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. So I've been listening to that for five years. No, actually, uh, six years now, and it, it just cracks me up. I mean, it just sounds so corny. Talk show recorded live, right? Anyhow, uh, so so today is um, March 29th. Today's 29th, yes. And um, we are. It's a little after 12 noon. It is me and uh, Miss Oliver. Uh, we're on the uh, happily ever after session number one. Um, and so uh, we're about to jump on in. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, make a difference with you because uh, you've made a tremendous difference with me over the years. And um, this will be completely uh, confidential. Uh, this will be just your recordings. Uh, you can learn your lessons from it and do whatever you're going to do. Uh, feel free to speak, uh, you know, as, as candidly as you can because I will. And um, uh, let's get this party started, my sister. All right? All right. Okay, so um, I'm going to start this out by letting you know, giving you a, a, a uh, the Cliff Notes of the Cliff Notes version of the entire program, give you the overall uh, look of what the program is about. So, so this is a six sessions. Each session is going to cover uh, one of the five biggest areas, um, problem areas in relationships, and then um, and how how that's going to go is. I'm going to talk about the problem, and then I'm going to talk about the solution. Start out describing the problem in full, giving you, you know, a full view of what the impact of the problem is, how come the problem is there, and all that. And then the second half of the call will be about how to resolve it, what that needs to be done around it. Um, and then session number six is once you understand how to manage all that stuff, all there is left to do in a relationship, which really is very little, even though it's about the most th- thrilling thing you'll ever experience, but it's very, 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 very simple. So, um, so uh, we're going to be covering uh, the sessions in the order I'm about to say, which is session number one today, which is uh, uh, the biggest problem in relationships is uh, not knowing who you are. And I'll tell, don't go way into that today. Uh, the second biggest problem is not understanding gender differences, not understanding the opposite sex. Uh, the third session and the third biggest problem is not managing emotions. It's not even not knowing how to manage emotions. It's not knowing that you actually have to know and consciously manage emotions. You don't even know that you're supposed to do that, right? <laughs> Number four is uh, dealing with breakdowns, uh, life not working the way you expect. And then number five is miscommunication. And that miscommunication is, is number five because all those other things that's in front of it is what causes miscommunication. So if you don't understand all the problems that will lead to miscommunication, I can tell you how to talk right, how to how to use the right words, but it still won't be resolving the issues that's causing the miscommunication. That's why it's number five. And then once you do that, then there's only four things you'll be doing, pretty much, four category areas you'll be doing, uh, living your life with your relationship. Very simple. But 
You'll be like a kid in a playground every day when you know how to make this happen with your favorite person. And so uh, I call this happily ever after because my definition of happily ever after is being in the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams so that all you're doing is your favorite things in your favorite places with your favorite person until death do you part. Nothing else gets in the way besides that. And so that's what this program is designed to teach you and how to do, teach you, coach you, train you around it. So is that clear? Mm-hmm. What's, what's, what was number What was number two? Number two is not uh, understanding gender differences. Okay. Yeah, men not understanding women, women not understanding men. That caused more communication problems than anything you can imagine. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, anything you want to say before uh, I get started? Mm-mm. Okay, good. So, um, and by, oh, one other thing. Every, uh, the, the, the sessions are 90 minutes long. Um, I will start out um, by uh, each session. I will start out by um, talking about all five of the problems, the five biggest problems, and then I'll let you know which one we're going to do. But I want to have that so that when you listen to the recordings, you'll be like, uh, you'll know where this is in relation to the other one, not that it's just session three. But, um, yeah, so I want to make it more clear when you listen to it later. So, all right, great. So now, the reason not knowing who you are is the biggest problem in relationships. It's, it's literally the biggest problem in relationships. No one thinks, believes, has a clue, or could even imagine that they don't know who they are. It's like, what do you mean I don't know who you are, who I am? Of course I know who I am, you know? People think that uh, they just don't know this thing, or they don't know that thing, or they made a mistake, or they're learning, but they don't know, but they do know other things. Well, how could you say such a thing about me, or a million other things? Anything but I don't know who I am. We all know the complete history of our life. We know what we know and what we don't know, uh, but what we don't know is we don't know what we don't know and that we don't even know that we don't know it. For example, a dog um, a dog runs outside and eats whatever smells like food, not realizing that he just ate poison. It's happy because it ate the food. And no one stopped him. But two days later, it's so sick that it's on his deathbed with no clue that it ain't poison, and that's why it's there. And that's what happens to us when we try to make a player into a partner, or a complainer, or a bully, or someone who can't make, uh, who can't take care of us, who can't take care of themselves, or whatever doesn't and won't ever work for you. So why do people choose partners? or try to make someone their partner when that person isn't close to a match for who they are and what they will will, will work for them. Like, what makes people do that, right? <laughs> yeah. That's because they don't know who they are. This means they don't know how their decisions will affect them now or in the future because they don't know 
how the decisions they make will make them feel in the near future because they don't know themselves enough to know the difference. <laughs> All right, so let me stop for a minute. Oh, what are you hearing? What I'm hearing is that um, when people don't know themselves, they don't they don't choose the right partner that is compatible to them. So therefore, they end up long term in the future with a problem because yeah. they don't know themselves in the you know the present time as to you know who their partner should be because they themselves don't know themselves. Right. Know. And I think, and I'm listening, and I'm like, okay, well, people change. Like, I knew myself one way, and then you change, and then you evolve, and then as you get older, you know, things is things is different, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why people think they know who they are, but they don't. Because uh, they they know, at least they think they know who they were back then. And they know that they'll grow and change. But they think because they've grown and changed, they're different. But one of the keys indicators, one of the key indicators of people who know who they are is they don't change their mind very much once they make a decision. Because they know who they are. They already know how this is going to work for them, and they're happy. You know, another the key huh. indicator, another, well, figure it out, right? Listen, I know I like bananas. I'm not going to be like tomorrow, well, gee, do I still like bananas? You know? You know you like to wear certain kind of clothes. Okay. It's not going to change later. I mean, you might there might be some new clothes that come, new styles come out, but, you know, it's not going to be like, well, gee, I thought I was going to like these clothes, but now that I'm wearing it, I don't like it. Well, it, right? sounds, like it sounds to me like there's some fundamental things that doesn't change. Even exactly. as you grow and evolve, there are certain things that don't change. But again, I think even I think even with those fundamental things, they do change. Because at one point, I didn't like I like younger men, then yep. I like older men. So now yep. I'm not interested in a younger man, you know. Um, yep. But the characteristics, the things that I'm looking for, is always there whether he's old or young. That I can see. Yes. I don't know. I'm listening. I'm learning. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. You're, 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 maybe, you're I really look, maybe, maybe I have to look for what are the fundamental things, no matter what the surface is, what's the fundamental things at the bottom that I hold strong to? Exactly. We're going to go there. We have to go there. Because okay. without going there, you ain't got no shot. Because the reason why this is the biggest problem, you know what? I'm just going to talk about the impact of the problem. Forget about me trying to figure out how to go. I'm, I'm, as I go further, you'll see. So the impact of not knowing who you are. When we don't know who we are, we can't see who other people are. And we don't really know what we like. We end up guessing and then become surprised that what we thought we wanted is something we really don't like or want. Not knowing who you really are causes relationship, communication, and fulfillment problems because you won't know yourself well enough to say what's true for you, not because you're lying. It's because you don't know yourself well enough to choose what works for you, which will 
have you make choices that make you unhappy, but you won't know it until you get what you ask for. One of the other key indicators of people who know who they are is that after they ask for what they want, they still want it after they got it. Mm. Yeah, we get what we want all the time, but that don't mean we ask for what we really wanted. Be like, damn, I asked for that. Well, damn, I didn't know it was going to be like that because you didn't know. You don't know you. You don't know it. Right? So um, if you don't know who you are, how could you know anyone else? That's another indicator. If you can't see who other people are, at least most of the time, that means you can't, you don't know who you are because you see them inside of, you see yourself inside of them. When you can see yourself in other people, you know yourself well enough because there's a similar aspect to every human being, even though they express it in a new, different way. I know you've been around people, you're like, damn, she acts just like I did. She acts just like me. She's like a younger version of me. I know you probably thought that once or twice before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but you know, can you, how often can you see yourself in other people? I can very often. Yeah, most folks cannot, and that's 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 great that you can do that. You should try try that with the guys that you're interested in too. Uh, <laughs> okay, one I see myself in the other one, no. Well, got it. Well, that's that's not a good sign. Anyhow, how would you know if Mr. or Ms. Wright was standing behind you at a Starbucks? next to you at a Christmas party or in front of you at a gym? And would you be ready? And even if somehow you got them as a partner, would you be able to handle the abundance of love that would come your way? How much love can you stand? When you know yourself, you can stand a lot of love. Yeah, gay, what was you going to say? No, I just have to breathe, stand a lot of love. (laughs) Maybe that's a place for you to go to work on, my sister. How much love can you stand, really? Ultimately, if you don't know who you are, there's not enough coaching, advice, or therapy that will make a difference in the happiness and effectiveness of any relationship you can be in. It'll sound like explaining air conditioning to cavemen or airplanes to Julius Caesar. What are you talking about? This makes no sense. You know, it's funny. I've, I've had this conversation with people that have, like, really got no clue. And I give them some advice on how to do stuff, free stuff. I mean, you know, don't leave me alone, but they, you know. And they be like, huh, I don't understand. And I get that they don't understand. Well, you want to hang around long enough, I'll tell you, you know. But they don't know themselves well enough to be able to tell the difference, you know. Anyhow, if you don't know who you are, your past will dominate you. Or your emotional triggers or your scarcity mindset or whatever other negative beliefs you have or your ego or lack of effort, or uh, a lack of quality of character, or the, I should say the quality of your character, or your entitlement issues, or your strong suits, or you being smart, or having money, or blind spots, or whatever else, something, anything other than who you really are will get in the way. And you won't know why things aren't working. So, so far, I talked about why, I talked the reason why is the biggest problem, 
and I talk about the impacts of it. Now I'm going to tell you what the actual problem is. <laughs> what the problem is? Okay? Any any questions or comments? Feel free to jump in at any time. You know, this is this is not a soliloquy. You know. Mm, yeah, I, I'm listening to this. Um, the emotional triggers because. All right, I'm listening. Go ahead. No, say that. Come on, come on. No, I'm I'm looking for my own self in 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 a in a particular relationship. Whereas, I I saw a lot of the characteristics I see in myself that I like about myself. I also yeah. saw characteristics that I don't like about myself, and I see in you know in him, and then yes. I see where my where my emotional triggers did kick in, right? Mm. Yeah. And it kick into the the point of the things about him that I don't like. And once mm. that kicks in, and then once the thing that I don't like about him kicks in, and then he, it becomes stronger, and I, I just look at it, and I keep noticing it, and it gets stronger and stronger, and then I, my emotional trick, you know, kicks in, and then I pull away. Like, oh, he don't really want to be around me, or, he don't, you know, he's not interested. So mm. I pull away. Got you. When it's the same thing about him that I don't like. And yes. he did it, you know, and I'm like, oh, see, I don't like this thing here. And I just like, you know, so I'm listening and I'm like, and I'm I'm listening. I'm seeing where that happened. Got it. Great. Well, you'll have plenty of opportunity to go way deeper into that, but that's fine. I'm glad that you're there. This is excellent. All right. So here's the problem with not knowing who you are. Everyone thinks they know who they are. And at the same time, no one will ever know who they are completely because we're constantly growing and evolving. No one is the same at age 20 as they are at the age 70. The reason we all think we know who we are is because we remember everything we've been through, the growth we've experienced, and, we're, uh, and that we're much more adult than we were 10 years ago. Because of this, we think we know who we are. However, how many people know their purpose in life? How many people know they're living true to their values 100% of the time? How many people know that how to stay true to their values 100% of the time? How many people are willing to be 100% responsible to, for the things that happen in their life, for the choices they make in relationships, for the actions they take in life in general? Here are some of the clues that will tell you that you know who you are. Number one, you're happy with who you are. Which, has, which, by the way, has nothing to do with it, happy with the circumstances that you're living inside of. You're happy with who you are. You change your mind very little. You make very few mistakes in the choices you make about yourself and your life. You can see through people often. You don't stay around people who don't know who they are. You can tell who's mature and who's immature, and you can't really stay around immature people unless you're contributing to them some way. You feel clear with the direction your life is going, and even if you're not happy with the results, the results or lack thereof don't discourage you from your direction. You're not easily swayed by other people's opinions, even though you're fully willing to accept them as yours, as accept them as theirs accept them and their opinions as theirs without making them wrong. People who know who they are can see that you know who you are 
and are attracted to you because of it, business-wise or otherwise. In other words, it's like game recognized game. You know what I mean? And then number 10, you can only really be happy in a romantic relationship with someone else who knows who they are. If they're not, they'll feel icky and uncomfortable to be around for you. So the number one indicator of um, the number one issue around not knowing who you are and not knowing that you don't know who you are is people who know who they are can only really be happy in a relationship with somebody else who knows who they really are. And if you don't know who you are, you're just going to end up with somebody else who doesn't know who they are, and neither one of you will know it. That's the worst of it all. You don't know who you are, and so I don't know if you've ever been around somebody, you'd be like, you know what, you know, you really ain't ready yet. <laughs> if you ever said that or had somebody say to you, that to you, what they was really saying is, you don't really know who you are yet, so I don't want to take a chance with this because by the time you figure it out, you might figure out that I ain't it and I'm not going to waste my time. Another thing about not knowing who you are and being with somebody who does is that you're a burden to that person because you're over there waiting them, helping having them help you figure out stuff for you, and that's too much of a burden. It's too much of a problem. What do you mean? What do you mean that you what you you have? that again like what do you mean okay so if you don't know who you are if a person doesn't know who they are forget about you if a person doesn't know who they are but they're in a relation with somebody for have a brief that is with somebody who does then the person who does not is going to be leaning on the person who does know who they are to help them figure out how to be happy they're going to be depending on them for happiness for clarity and they won't even notice what they're doing mm. Because people who don't know who they are, they're always looking for somebody else with the answer, somebody else with the solution. They don't realize where they're source of their own happiness. Right. Make okay. sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So if you don't know who you are, and it's not, there's, there's not a lot of things you need to know, and I'm going to give you the list. There's five things you need to know. I'm about to go through that. So I just, just gave you the problem, Try to communicate the problem as clearly as I could. And, you know, we'll talk more about it as time goes on. But And you're going to get an email. I'm going to email you this so that you have it. Okay. So, so anyhow, um, I don't know. I think you can probably feel the, the pain of uh, <laughs> the pain of not understanding who you are, even if you, you know, feel comfortable with it. You can see how that could be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. So, Here's what you need to know in order to be happy in a relationship for more than 20 years and know who you are. Here's what you need to know, five things. You need to know what I refer to as your highest aspirations for being in a relationship. We've talked about it before, but I'm going to go into it more now. Then you need to know your highest aspirations for your own life, uh, separate from being in a relationship. Then you must have you must know what uh, what your must have list is things you must have. Um, you must know your you love mean, language. What you said your highest aspiration. Your highest aspirations for your relationship for being in a relationship I should say, and also your highest aspirations for your life like your life purpose you know. Mm. 
And I'll tell you why as I go through this, though. Then you have to have a must-have list. I'll explain that to you. Take my word for it. It's different from a deal breaker or a checklist. Um, then you must know your love languages, which we talked about before. And um, last, which I haven't yet to say anything about, is you have to know the principles your life is guided by, the principles you live your life by. Those are the five things you need to know. So um, I'm about to go through that. You ready? Hello? I'm here. I'm ready. Okay, okay. I didn't hear you. So first, most important thing is you need to know what your highest aspirations for being in a relationship is. If you just have this and you have somebody that's a match for this and you don't get any of this other stuff right, your relationship is most likely still going to work. Okay. You have one thing, this one thing. And it's funny because I didn't know this, but when I look back on my life, I've been trying to have this happen my whole life and did not know it. So the highest aspiration is five. So uh, in no particular order because you only get one. Now, you, you might love and like the other things, but there's the one, and then everything else is like a part of it. And so um, you uh, either want to be in a, in a relationship because your highest aspiration is to honor and fulfill on your spiritual, religious beliefs together, uh, living a life of adventure together, making a difference together, being uh, parents and family members together, or being content together. Like, as long as my life is together and you're with me, I'm good. Like that. Um, and so you got to know which one is yours. And you can't be, and if you're with somebody who's not, does not have the same thing, what ends up happening is you end up, the biggest indicator of being in a relationship with somebody who does not have the same highest aspirations for being in a relationship is that you end up living two separate lives. And find out, find yourself being roommates because you're doing your thing, he's doing his thing, and next thing you know, y'all like, when did we, when did, when did we come apart? It'll be like, uh, and, and it's slow, like the boiling frog syndrome, you know. You be looking around, and all of a sudden, how we haven't been together in years. Well, because, yeah, good. Well, uh, what? Well, could you be, I mean, we can, let me see, honor this, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, um, you know, having, like, uh, a fulfilling, like, a, you know, like a religious fulfilling thing, um, yeah. and then you find yourself distant. Um, you know, me and, um, me and Peter, we involve the same religious philosophy as far as both out making a difference, right? Both making a difference. Yeah. But that's one arena. But then in our in our own life, he does what he does in his business world, and I do what I do in my business world, and now we seem so distant apart. You know, we are seen, we're so distant apart. Whereas before, we were always together. Now, we're not together, so it becomes like two separate worlds. Yeah, well, that's because... Um... What's probably more important is probably what happened is, you know, your religious thing was something you have in common, but not your highest thing you have in common. Yeah. So 
so if his idea is to make a difference through business and your idea is to make a difference through either religion or make a difference through personal development, then the only option, the only way you have a chance of making it work is if y'all are in constant communication about how you're both making a difference in the in the other area and then ask for support. Share your lives about the difference that you're making. But if he's interested in religion but really more interested in business, but being in business isn't about making a difference. It's about being successful as a businessman. He's probably more around the area of either religion or contentment not making a difference. Like making a difference is nice, but but making a difference is not but making a difference is really important to you. I assert that anybody that's done landmark beyond the advanced course, the only reason why is because they're about making a difference. So mm-hmm. the question is how are you gonna make that difference? Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the things we do have in common is making a difference, but uh, he seems to be more into his contentment. He seems to be very content with yes. his life, and he's content. Um, he, he's content like if he like if he finds a partner or not, five years, whatever, he's content with where he's at, you know? He has mm-hmm. the things he, he likes around him. Uh, you know, he's very content. You know, business yes. is good. You know, I'm working on my health. You know, yes. I have a few friends. You yes. have his own league. You know, if she wants to come over, spend the day, two days, whatever she wants to do. She ha- She's busy doing her thing. If she needs me, she'll call me, you know. Yep. She wants, yep. You know what I mean? If she wants to go out, we'll go out. If I can, I can't. She's doing her thing, you know. Yep. I trust yep. her. She knows. I'm a very private person. I'm content with Onik. I'm content the way it is. And he's yes. and and he's just happy. <laughs> he's just content. You know. Yep. She lives. He got, hmm? he got all. He got all his needs met, and he's content. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the only thing would happen if if I stir things up by, you know, not responding to his call. Like then I then he gets on the edge. Like what's happening? Like you know, you're not answering yeah. my call. You know. Then it becomes. Yeah. Then I shake his stable ground, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But otherwise, to that, he goes, he comes, he handles his business, he comes in. You know what I mean? Is, you know, very content. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I guess. I'm yeah. So you want to you want to be you want to be clear of the difference you want to make, and then find somebody that wants to make the same difference. So, like, for example, me and you, right, we want to make a difference. We both want to make a difference, but we was going about it differently, you know? You know, so, like, um, we were in um, – what was you in – what what network – it was network marketing you was in? Remember we did uh, a couple of talks to help you create the talks and stuff? Remember that? Was it Prime America? Probably was. Um. Yeah, Prime America. You was in Prime America, right? And I was—I helped you do a couple of talks and some presentations and stuff like that, which is what I wanted to do. I just didn't want to do it with network marketing, you know. Um, but I also really wanted to work together with you to make a difference out there in the world, um, you know, through what we do. And that didn't really land with you very much. I mean, there was other stuff too, but that didn't—that didn't work for you. 
And I was like, damn, oh, shit, okay, fine. I couldn't make, I know I couldn't make you do something you didn't want to do, you know what I mean? And then um, later on, I was dating Tracy, and I wanted to make a difference through religious relationships. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, wow, I mean, she's so great with relationships. I mean, I could just tell her what we're going to talk about and then get out of her way and watch her do it shit better than me. She's like, not interested. Like, damn, that hurt too. Matter of fact, that was the biggest reason um, that I, I ended up ending the relationship, really, for me. She would have put up with me a lot longer than I, I did, but I couldn't live that way anymore. I just felt like inauthentic, you know? And, um, you know, we're still friends to this day. She's one of my upline in Legal Shield, you know? <laughs> God bless her. But, you know, that that last, that she was the last person that I had to deal with, that last person I was in a relationship, really. Um, and the last person I was dealing with her on that, because I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I need to have uh, a match for my highest aspiration for being in a relationship. And, when I talk to people, I tell them, listen, I'm, I'm looking for my version of Coretta Scott King, man, because I'm out here trying to, you know, I'm, my commitment is to make a difference for the planet. And I want somebody that wants to make a difference with the planet, too, um, in the same area that I do. You know, because if they want to make a difference, but they want to be a landmark form leader, I'm not going to live that life. Go right ahead. Thank you. Let me know how it goes once in a while. But I'm not living that life. You know what I mean? I'm living a different life. So, um. You know, that's, that's that's critical. You know, I, I have a brother who's uh, been married 27 years, Ray Ray, and uh, they're about family, mostly. Um, he's all about family. His wife is about contentment. But, you know, part of the thing that she loves, she does love is family. I don't think they have the same highest aspirations. But a person who's who's content, they could be content with somebody that's doing something that they like. And so... Uh, he bows down to her needs, and then she lets him make money any way he wants to make money, and she supports him. Like, he's a comedian, you know, up-and-coming comedian, and she's almost like his business manager slash protector. <laughs> she's his main bodyguard when he's out in his clubs, you know. <laughs> your brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife's name is Katrina, and Katrina is his main bodyguard and spokesperson when he's out in public. Like, don't come near. You got to come through me to get to him, you know. <laughs> It's hilarious. She's one of the best. Ray Ray, Ray, yeah. She's one of the best. She's better than one of the best bodyguards uh, I have protection uh, people I've ever seen. Secret Service. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't know you have another brother besides Kwame. Uh oh. Okay. So um, my dad had nine kids all together. You know, one of them I never met. One of them only met a couple of times when I was really, really young. And um, three of them are down in Virginia. I saw them when my dad passed away in 08. And um, and then it was my sister, um, Peachy, uh, Ray Ray, and Kwame. The Peachy, Ray Ray, and Kwame are the ones that I speak with the most. Um, you know, of course, then there's me. And then there's uh, the three youngins down in uh, Virginia. They're in their 20s. My dad was popular. More popular than I was. I thought I was pretty popular. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying as hard as he was, you know. And then... Um, what else? And then there's a Spanish kid that I never met. That my dad has, uh, that uh, gave, you know, had a son with this lady that, you know, this didn't work out at all. I never met him. And there's another one that's, that's down south named uh, Hassan. And uh, I don't know what happened to Hassan. I mean, he went to jail. I don't know if he ever came out of jail and what he's doing. So completely out of the loop. Uh, that's that's uh, that's my sibling uh, thing. I didn't know, find out about this stuff until I was 19. 
And then the last three, I found out with them when they were like two or three years old. <laughs> Dad's like, oh, yeah, I got more kids. <laughs> They're younger than my daughters. All three of them are younger than my two daughters, you know. What am I doing? Anyhow, that's that. Yeah, Ray. He works in the Bronx. He's got three kids, 27 years marriage, and uh, quite a character. But, you know, I look at them, and, you know, it teaches me something about how people who don't have the exact highest aspiration can make it work because they're committed to making each other happy. And, um, and so if they're committed to making each other happy, they could blend the highest aspirations for being in a relationship. But most of the time, I wouldn't count on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't count on that. Hell to the low. But Martin Luther King was out there doing his thing, and Coretta was home, but they were on the same page about everything, pretty much. You know, and I, I, I look at his life and what he's accomplished. There's no way he could do all that stuff without her. Well, I, I also watched a movie about it. I, even know, I didn't even know he was having an affair. I was shocked. Yeah, oh, I heard about it for years. But I was she, shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, no, they go to the neighborhood. Martin Luther King was cheated. Oh, man. My girlfriend's like, so men cheat. I was like, oh, man. I said, you don't mess me up. Well, here's the thing about that, right? Um, like, he wasn't like he was out looking. You know, was women. right there. They was there in his campaign. Yeah, he couldn't get rid of them. And he needed them for the, for the job that he's committed to providing, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he got weak, but it wasn't like he was looking. Most of the time you're not looking. Excuse me? I said most of the time you're not looking. Yeah, most of the time we just mind our business, and then somebody be like, hi. <laughs> and then we'd be like, oh, damn. Now, me, um, I am, um, I declare myself, because I know myself enough, and I'm going to show you how to know yourself shortly. I know myself well enough to know that I'm immune to uh, cheating. You're immune to it? Yeah, and the reason why is because I did it so long, I don't need it no more. Mm. Like, when we was married, it never even crossed my mind. I was actually pretty impressed by that. Like, all the problems we was having, and that never even occurred to me? It never actually occurred to me. Like, I never had the thought, like, oh, look at that. I wasn't even looking at other women. I was too busy trying to make the ma the marriage work. Mm. No, nope. well, zero, zero temptation, really. Well, I mean, I asked, I asked Peter. I said, you know, we don't spend much time together. And I said to him, I said, are you sleeping with somebody else besides me? He goes, nope. He goes, why you ask? Yeah, there are men that are that are immune to it, but very few. You gotta. It's a it's a high state of awareness for a man to like be up. It's a high state of maturity. I don't know about awareness. A high state of maturity to like be somebody who's like that's they're just not down with that no more. You know. So anyhow, you know you you want to re refine and define how you want to make a difference so that you can recognize somebody who wants to make the same difference. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes. I, I mean, I can see 
what a person wants to make a difference with, I can see, like, I see this new guy, he wants to make a difference with people with their health. He's yes. all about that. He wants to, he wants to make a difference with their health, that they be healthy, and, you know, and, you know, he knows, I said, well, I want to open a cafe, you know, he's like, yeah, we could do health juices, and, and he's just into health, you know. Yeah. Um, Peter likes to make a difference in, in, in ordering people, freeing them up, and, you know, guiding them business-wise, whatever they want to do, like let them do whatever they want to do. That's how he makes a difference, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think he can do more. I think the fact that he's now trained as a – now he's an auditor, I think his ability to make a difference is more pronounced now than ever before, whereas before he was very selfish, you know. It was yeah. all about him, what he wants, his life, you know to the point yeah. where he just detached himself from his, his children because it was just all about mm-hmm. him. But now as he's he's developing and he's becoming more and more caring, nurturing, and, you know, helping others. He, to me, yes. I never find him to be very helpful to others. You know, and that's one of the things that used to drive me nuts with him. He wasn't very helpful to others, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um. So that was a bit scary, but now as an auditor, that's all he can do is 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 be helpful. So yes. the shift, the shift in him, I can see now where the helpfulness is coming in. You know, he's always helpful for me. If I said Peter, I need blah blah blah, he'll go sure. You know, he'll make it yes. happen. Whatever I need, yes. you know, he has never not given me what I asked him for, which and I don't yes. ask for much. You know, yes. Yes. um. And I think that's something that I need to do more. I need to ask. For th- I, sometimes I'm like, okay, what do I ask for? You know, I'm kind of. To me, it feels like, like being like using a man just to say I want these things. You know, oh, I, I need a new laptop just because he can buy me a laptop. You know, that kind of way. I and do. Where at the same time, I can buy my own damn laptop. You know. Yeah. Um. But again, you know, it's like that. You know, but at the same time, I can be like, you know what? I need a new laptop. You should buy me a laptop. You know, which I can buy it myself, but he can also buy it for me too. Just have mm-hmm. him being more um, participating more in my life. I don't have him participating a lot in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's one of the things that keep us separate. Like I don't have him participating. Like, you know, I said to him, "Oh, I want to go out for my birthday." He's like, "What do you want to do?" You know. Mm-hmm. He, he, I said, oh, maybe maybe go to comedy. He looked. He said, there's no comedy that's really happening over the weekend. And then he was like, oh, you know, Saturday was a little too hard for him because of going going in session, then coming to Brooklyn, pick me up, then driving to Jersey was just too much for him. How about us do it another night? Like Tuesday night, we can go see, we can go to the Blue Notes, you know, and listen to some jazz. I'm like, all right. But my first thing was like, you son of a gun. What? You can't make time. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? My first instance was, you know what, you lazy son of a gun. It's my birthday. You can very well drive to Brooklyn, pick me up. Because he was like, he was like, why don't you come to Manhattan? I was like, hell no, it's my birthday. I'm not going on no train, you know. But he's like, it's too much for him to drive to Brooklyn, come back to Manhattan, you know, then drive to Jersey, you know. So he was like, it's just too much. And I was like, oh, this, my emotion kicked in, like, to some degree, like, you know, dude, I ain't got time at your ass, you know? But I'm like, my girl was like, you know, I was like, girl was like, no, Onik, if no, he's still saying he's taking you out. So hold him to that, you know? 
So I called him in the morning. I said, hey, so what's the plan for later on? He goes, so you still want to go to the Blue Note? I was like, yeah. He said, okay, let me see about the reservation and get back to you. You know, yeah. he calls me right back. Well, it seems like it's open tables, whatever. We can go. I'm going to come out of session at a certain time, you know? So I'm like, yeah. okay, but I see where I had to get past my own self to have him do that, you know? Yeah. It was really good for him because it was an opportunity for him to get out. You know, mm-hmm. and to do yeah. something for me and to do something with me. And I think yeah. many times I wanted on I wanted on his terms, I want him to be the one to initiate and say, Let's go out. Let's go out, mm-hmm. let's go do this. But all he's thinking about most of the time is going in session and getting home because he has business to take care of the next day. You know? Yeah. Yep. Well let me tell you something about that. This will give you a lot of freedom if you really can understand and appreciate what I'm about to say. You ready? Uh huh. And you're going to learn this more in the next session about gender differences because this is really what you're talking about here. But women are in charge of the emotional side of the relationship. You're in charge of romance and emotions. You know why? Mm. Because you're the emotional ones. Mm. They're the practical ones. They're the ones that's over there trying to fix stuff, make stuff, produce stuff. There ain't no romance and digging diamonds out of the coal, out of the ground. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no romance in a guy who's playing basketball, you know, to win a championship and then bring home the money and his and his championship rings to his family. There ain't no romance in um, negotiating deals or um, uh, making sales or um, you know, running for office or um, dealing with your finance manager uh, or accountant or talking to your shareholders. Those are all things that need to get done, 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 done. Focus on that. Don't stop doing it until you get it done. And then when we come home, we're tired because we just got finished busting our chops doing all this crazy stuff. So we want to wind down, save our energy so we can go out and do it again. Ain't no space for romance. So what you need to do is find ways to inspire his emotions to want to be romantic again. And when a man experiences your great emotions, it sparks his. That's the first part about it. The second thing is men are raised to not be emotional. Put your big boy pants on. Man up. Stop being a girly man, right? About seven years old, right? Mm. So they, they learn to shut down their emotions. So the only emotions that matter is, is safe to feel around without looking funny or bad is either angry or happy or poker face. That's it. Oh, and God, so – say it again. He always have a poker face. Yeah, because he's probably feeling a lot of emotions but don't know how to say it, don't know how to express it, don't want to get in trouble, so he just plays a poker face. That's, man, that's a man's typical facial expression, poker face. You learn that because we're like, we can't let you know how we're feeling. We can't let you know if we're losing or not because if we're losing, you're going to throw us away. Nobody wants to be around a man who's a loser. And yeah. so, right, and so we just got to, like, you know, play poker until we win. Then we can be happy. Right, and so we don't, we don't, we're too busy trying to get stuff done to feel anything. So if he's not feeling anything, he's not thinking about you romantically, he's thinking about how can he take care of you. Mm-hmm which hopefully will be inspiring, inspire you enough to be happy that he's taking care of you, and then your happiness gets on him. 
and then he's happy. He wants to do stuff for you and more stuff and express his happiness because he's happy that you're happy with him. The emotions yeah. come from the female side first. So when a woman says, I don't know, I got to do all this work all the time. You know, he don't never do this for me. And, you know, because you ain't inspiring him. You're not touching the parts of the relationship that you're strongest at. He never says, you don't work, do enough for me. No, he doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> he never does. Even if I try and I off, he's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> right. Don't we have you make your lunch? No, it's okay. You can sit right there and relax. <laughs> right. Right. Now, if he's smart, he'll let you do it once in a while just so you be happy that you did it. But he don't know that, but that's okay. Right? He does. Rookie. He does. He will call me and say, oh, he feel like eating some um, 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 crab cakes. You know, I like he likes me to make him crab cakes. He likes to make it for him. He's like, you know, I feel like eating crab cakes. Uh-huh. Yeah, the point that I'm trying to make is that if you offer to do something and he always says no, mm-hmm. he doesn't realize the value of saying yes to you, letting you do something for him once in a while. Yeah. Because he doesn't understand the concept called um, receiving is giving to the giver. Mm-hmm. When you re- when I receive your gift to me, then you receive my happiness, which makes you happy which completes the cycle, the, give, the giving and receiving cycle, it completes it because you've given me something and I've given you acknowledgement for what you did. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know. Once in a while, shoot, once in a while you got to let people do stuff even if you don't want them to do it just so that they know that you appreciate it. You're not turning them down. Mm-hmm. He, don't, he don't know that one yet, but, he, you know, you can help him figure that out without making it wrong. <laughs> I just let, I just I just do things for him that I know he wants me to do, but he doesn't sometimes ask me to do it. But he yeah. appreciates Good. it. All right. So yeah, so um, you want to really nail down your highest aspirations for being in a relationship, and then find somebody who wants the same thing. Is that what you said? I want you life? to say. I want you to say a little bit more on what you said that the woman drives the the emotions. Right. Next session. That's oh okay. That's session, oh, okay. That's session's number actually part part number two, part number three. Okay. Right now he's just focusing on I brought that up so you'll have it for later, but um right now we're focusing on you needing to know what you need to know about you in order to know you well enough to be able to handle this stuff. So um yeah, yeah, you need to know what your highest aspiration is and find somebody who's a match. That's the, that's that and not having money is the only reason why I'm not in a relationship right now. Because mm. if I don't have money, then I'm, she's not going to feel like I can take care of her. She's not going to feel safe and secure with me being broke. So I'm not even pretending to try it. Mm. But you find your highest aspiration? No, yeah, you know, my highest aspiration is to make a difference in the on the planet, and uh, to be with somebody who's going to play, who's going to participate in in that with me. Like, you know, she doesn't have to be a writer or a business analyst or anything, but, like, we're both cheering for the same goal, same game, which is to transform humanity through relationships and and uh, and spiritually evolving. 
mm-hmm. and particularly helping people, and particularly helping people find their life purpose. Okay. So, anyhow, so I know I'm clear about that. And then the second thing you need to know is your highest aspiration for your life. You know, you can call it your life purpose. You know, you can call it your highest aspiration. You can call it, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, like, you know what you're living. You know why you're living, like what you're here to do. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have, yours doesn't have to have be a match for a match for your partner, but you need to be true to yourself. This is why you need to know this. If you're not true to yourself, you're just asking for trouble. So, you know, looking at, you know, one of my examples in this conversation is the Cosby Show. Claire and Heathcliff, their highest aspiration for being in a relationship was being parents and family members. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why, you know, he was America's dad, right? But she was a lawyer. He was a doctor. They respected each other's profession, but they didn't engage in each other's profession. She wanted to be a lawyer. She was good. Real good. He wanted to be a doctor. He was good. Real good. But that was their life purpose. And it, and, and they used that to, to join with each other to be great parents and family members. But they lived separate lives in terms of purpose, like income purpose, but they had the same aspiration for a relationship. Make sense? Like, when you come together, you're going to always be doing your favorite things with your favorite person in your favorite places when you come together. And in their case, they was okay with having a little bit of space between, you know, here and there, you know? Yeah. I go to work on my own. I come back and my family's there. Yay! Right. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know this about yourself, you won't be able to create a relationship that makes you cry because you're so happy. If you don't know this, you ain't getting this. Which one? The, um, the both? The, um, the highest you, for, my, for my life purpose? If you don't know those two things, you won't be able to tell the difference between what are you getting what do you need in, in, you know, in, in each area? So, for example, if you don't know the difference between your highest aspiration for your life and your highest aspiration for your relationship, you might think your highest aspiration for your life is the same thing as your highest aspiration for your relationship. And then you'll go find somebody that wants to do the same thing in their personal life, but that might not be how you want to live your relationship. So well, you need I, to know... I mean, I can- Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I definitely know what my highest aspiration is for my relationships and for my personal life. Is it the same? Because sometimes it's the same, but it's not Different. always the same. Okay. Different. Okay, got it. So you need to know that. You should write that down, as a matter of fact. Write it out clearly so you're, you're clear. You can see it when it shows up in front of you, you know? Yeah, my highest aspiration for my life is doing some, is making a difference around food. Right? Okay. My yeah. highest aspiration for my relationship is somebody who is making a difference in some capacity. Some capacity. Okay. I don't care what capacity it is. He's a teacher, whatever, but he has to be helping other people. Yeah, but y'all, but, y'all don't, but y'all don't have to be doing it together. Is that correct? No, we don't have to do it together. Got it. We don't okay. have to do it together, but it can de- it's definitely something that I can support him on, and he supports me on what I'm doing. We support Excellent. each other. 
Now that's the key. That's the key point right there. Yeah, he supports me, and I support him. So whatever I'm doing, you know, and you know whatever it is I'm doing, whether it be I'm coaching or I'm in Scientology as a as a staff person, or I'm yeah. running a mega um, restaurant, whatever, he yeah. is there. He knows it. He's there. He's at my events. He breathes it, and I do the same for him. If he needs right. me to go see his clients, take a blueprint, drop off this, pick up a check, I am there with him. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if he said to me, honey, I, I can't hang out tonight because I have these clients tomorrow, I need to work on the paperwork, I'll let him work on it. I will never nag him and say, you always do your business. No, I will let him do whatever he's doing. Great. Whatever he's Great. doing, I'll support him. Great. So you need to be able to recognize that. Yeah. I you recognize. Know. Great. You're clear and you recognize. Great. Okay, next. All right, so the third thing is you have to have a must-have list. So there's a must-have list is what I created, but there's also, you know, the checklist, the deal breakers, you know, the red flags, you know, right? You got all those different lists, right? Any of them can be adjusted, can be changed, can be upgraded. You know, I remember um, I had a friend who was on crack, and he was dating a woman that was married. She was cheating on the side with him. And then she got divorced, but the guy she was dating was still on crack. And she was like, I can't deal with you, man, the crack. And you know what he did? He gave up crack so he can end up getting married to her. And they're actually having a great life now. That's who, I, that's who got me down in North Carolina in the first place. Oh, yeah, I remember Robert. them. Mm-hmm. Sonia Espirito, right. He was so in love with her. He couldn't even stand himself, but he also had a bad a- habit. And he gave up crack for her. That's the ultimate love. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. that's, that's even bigger than going to war for somebody. Because you go to war for somebody, you're conscious. But you got to bring yourself to consciousness to give up crack, give up that kind of an addiction. Oh, my God. So, yeah, red, you know, a red flag would be, I don't want any drug addicts. <laughs> right. <laughs> But at the same time, you can give up drugs. And he's saying it's easy. I'm saying you could. He's my proof, right? So anyhow, now, that being the case, having a checklist doesn't give you everything that you need because you don't know what's not on the checklist that you still need. I laugh at the checklist. I also call it the script. You know, you have it in your head that it's supposed to go a certain way, you know. I think it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's cute and entertaining, but it don't really help much. It's nice, but it don't help, right? Anyhow, um, then you have, you know, your, your deal breakers. Oh, you're a drug addict. Oh, you're a smoker. Oh, you're unemployed. That's a deal, right? Breaker, right? Except for what happens when they're flipping around, right? So that's like that. We flip around, we meaning that you're unemployed? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of, I hadn't even thought about that. That probably you know, won't like, help. No. Well, if it's a, a deal breaker that I don't want a man who's unemployed, but then why would a man want me and I'm unemployed? Well, that's a whole other story. That's being a match for what you want, but uh, but, that, but that's the size for it. I wasn't even going there. I was like, okay, now he's employed. Now what? That's where I was going with it. Right? So that's like, that. that's kind of cute, but that's not that's not effective. Now, here's what... Here's why I came up with this concept called the must-have list. There are some things that you must have in a relationship that regardless of the person or the circumstances, you can't do without or you can't do with. 
So uh, I'll give you an example. You know, I think I told you about um, the woman that was down down in North Carolina with me, Kathy. I kicked a hole in her chair because I was so angry, and then she ended up leaving a little later. And what she told me when she was leaving was, I came down here because of you, and now I'm leaving because of you. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Do you know why I kicked a hole in her chair? Oh, because you saw her dancing when you were... Um... That was after, after the fact. No, I kicked a hole in her chair because I was tired of her withholding. Oh. That was the third time I got pissed off at her. I got so pissed off I kicked the chair, but I didn't know it was going to be a hole in the chair. It was her favorite piece of furniture. But I kicked it because I was so pissed off that she was withholding. I'm like, we well, got to cut this fucking withholding out. And she did it anyhow. And so I lost my mind, and that was the end of the relationship, really, right there. Mm. And so um, what I realized is that I can't handle withholding. I can't do a bit of a relationship where I can't say what I've got to say or they don't want to say what they got to say. Must have. Must have full open communication. That doesn't mean that they got to tell me every secret every minute of the day. That means there's no room for withholding. We're not doing withholding. Nope, 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 nope. Mm. I must have clear and open communication. I don't care who it is. Sorry. Got to have it. You can transform it, but I got to have it. Whether you transform it or not, I got to have it. You know what Mm. I'm saying? So, you know, that's one, you know, um, uh, you know, you you taught me a couple other ones, you know. Like, I'm not the world's neatest guy, but I can't be with somebody that's sloppier than me. Can't handle it. And, um, you know, you're not the only person that that, that, that kind of taught me that one because I know that was one of the things that pissed you off about me right away. What are you trying to do? Make me wrong? You're making me wrong fixing your stuff up. <laughs> God. <sighs> Anyhow. I can't I can't be with somebody that's sloppier than me. It just it's just too much work and I I, I can't I can't be at peace. It's, I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. You know, I can't, you know, so you need to know what your must haves are. And you can't sell out on any of them. If the, you know, any of them is gonna be it's gonna it's gonna eat away at the relationship. This is going to. Now the other person wants to alter it, upgrade it, fine. But you, you still gotta have it. It's like oxygen in, for the lungs, like gas for the for the gas tank for the car. Like you can't do without it. You know what I mean? Or you can't do with it. Whatever that is. Either way. So you need to know what that is. And how you usually find that out is through the relationships you've had in the past. Right. So you got to look at what didn't work and would never work in the challenges that you had in the relationships in the past. Never gonna work. <laughs> so, um, so that's that. Um, you got to make your own list. You know, you can use whatever I did or didn't do as part of it. Um, and then, so that's pretty much all I got around that. Unless you got questions. Um, then the fourth thing is knowing your love languages, which we've talked before about. What's yours again? Acts of service, and what else? Uh, gifts. gifts. Yes. Yeah, you. you, you I, gifts, I like quality time. Mm. I love quality time. Oh my god. 
That shit drives me nuts. Mm. Well, I know you used to get pissed off at me for not having any money, so I couldn't get you no gifts. <laughs> yeah, I like gifts. I like to just spend on me. That used to piss you the fuck off, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm laughing at it now, but it ain't really funny, you know? Yeah. And then mine is uh, words of affirmation and touch. Those are my two. And I'll do acts of service. Like, I can, I can, I can, I can get enrolled in that. I don't need a lot of it. And uh, I'll give a lot more acts of service than I um, than I can get, than I'm willing to, than I need. Um, and quality time, I'm willing to spend it because as long as that quality time involves words of affirmation, communication, I'm enrolled, you know. But uh, you know, not I, I don't really care about gifts. I'm happy when I get them, but I don't really care. I so, like it. I know. I got it. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I want a gift. All you gotta do is buy me a gift. And you know it's funny. A gift of a cup of tea is like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. Like bring me a cup of tea or something to drink. It's like you have me. That's, <laughs> I am. That's like I'm like men don't know how easy I am to get. Make me a cup of tea. You have me. Tell you. All Peter has to say, um, all he has to say, like, um, let's come over for tea. And I'm like, I'll jump over every loop. Stop. No distance is too far. I'm coming for tea. You know what I'm telling you? And I, yeah. I had to laugh because me and him didn't speak for a while. I was like, I'm cutting him off. I'm cutting his ass off. And then he <laughs> sent me a text. And it's, it's so funny. Every time I say, you know what, this is it, this is it, I'm cutting this man off, that's it, I'm done, I'm done, you know, not even calling him. He yeah. goes, how about we uh, we ride over the snowstorm with a cup of tea? And I was like, oh, God. Everything went out of the window. I'm like, I'm like he's like, let's let's ride out the snowstorm with a cup of tea, over a cup of tea. I was like, oh, this man knows me. <laughs> I couldn't do nothing but like, okay. <laughs> so, so, so check huh? it out. Check it out. Check it out. You got to find what's his cup of tea. Oh, my what's God. The thing, what's the thing that's the same thing for him as cup of tea is for you? Find that, and that will keep the rom- romance alive. Oh God, I'm noticing. I'm, I'm noticing too. I'm noticing like he likes these spontaneous. Let's do something. Yeah. You know, he yeah. likes this spontaneous. Like I just pop up. I like. He likes this spontaneous thing. Like, you know. Yeah. He likes this spontaneous. I'm noticing that with him. He likes this spontaneous thing. Mm. You know. Yeah. Okay. So just to let you know, I'm looking at the time. Right. It's one fifteen. Okay. I mean, I can. I don't have a problem with going over, but I'm just letting you know that right now, based on how this is going, I'm probably going to end up going uh, to about, instead of 130, well, probably 140, just letting you know. All right. Okay? Let's go. I'm going to shut up. Okay, I'm going to shut up and listen. Go ahead. So I have, to find his, I have to find what that thing is for him that lights him up. But I think what it is is he likes to do things for me. He does. Okay. Yeah. So if you find three things, now you're in superpower. Because you could, you could, you know, alternate and keep him totally on surprise. He won't even notice you know this stuff. Anyhow, there you go. 
So then out of five things, the fifth thing um, we're going to go about here, which is the principles that support love and relationships, the principles that you live your life by, really. And most people don't realize that they live their life by principles. But we as human beings, we can only be, when we're being something, we're being a principle, either the positive side or the negative side of a principle. So um, you remember I had a newsletter, right, a couple of different newsletters, remember, the love letter, and then also, um, you know, the um, plant love into the earth. I had the two newsletters, right? So the first newsletter was when I completed Team 1, and I knew that my life purpose was about having love present on the planet. That's what it happened. Love present on the planet. Anyhow, um, what what um, I started to do, I was assisting around a um, communication course, and somebody came in on a Saturday afternoon, I think it was, Saturday afternoon or sun, Sunday, Sunday morning, I think. It might have been Sunday morning. It was at least halfway through the course, you know. And... Um, I think it was Carla L. Fell Smith, but I don't know who it was. Anyhow, they're communicating. They're, like, having people come up and share uh, on a, from after a lunch break, sharing. And this lady, I don't know who she was. She was up on the stage. I couldn't tell you if I looked her in the face right this second. And she's on stage. She's sharing. She's having a conversation with somebody. And then she said a sentence, and then the whole room shifted. Like, oh, oh you know. You could feel love. There were some tears coming out of people's eyes. You know, you've seen that time before. That happened before plenty of times, right? Somebody sharing, all of a sudden everybody gets all teary-eyed. Everybody feels what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I realized is it felt like love ran in the room when she said that. Damn. And I was like, what was it that she created? What did she say or do that had that happen? And I don't remember what it was, but... I got present to there was a principle that she just communicated. I don't know if it was generosity, forgiveness, or something, right? So I started noticing when that happened, what else was was going along with that. So for the rest of the, my team one, I started writing down the different qualities that had love run in the door. And, and I don't know if you remember, I had this uh, section in my newsletter called the ABCs of Love. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but I was. And it was based off of this very conversation, which is what principles do you use that has love present, have love be present, have love running in the door? And um, so by the time I finished, completed team one, I had identified 56 different principles that when they show up, so does love. And what I also found out is that there was a, I, I recognized another 60-something principles that when they showed up, love ran out the door. Love ran away. Love and it could not exist, coexist at the same time, you know. And so I, I realized after that, doing, you know, uh, more work, team two, whatever, realized that we human beings, we live our life based on principles. Like we're never not being a principle, whether we know it or not. You know, we're either being, you know, uh, calm and gentle or we're being angry or we're being happy. But, you know, people don't normally say, hey, you know what I'm going to be right now? I'm going to be happy or I'm going to be calm and peaceful right now. They may think that, but they don't think of it as like tuning into that principle, that, that energetic vibratory principle. You know what I mean? 
Is this communicating? Yep. Okay. So, remember back in the day when I would say, hey, let's create this uh, uh, relationship chart? The relationship chart, yeah. Um, a lot of that has to do had to do with you and I both identifying our the principles that we live our life by, our guiding principles. And so um, what I realized is that a person who knows who they are, remember early in this conversation you was talking about um, knowing, you know, you, you're fundamentally a certain way even though you'll change. When you're fundamentally loving, you know, you'll change and be loving a whole lot of different ways. You know, maybe, you know, now you'll be loving through dance and food and, you know, five years from now you'll be loving through, you know, teaching and, and, and sewing. And then, you know, five years later you'll be loving through, um, you know, coaching and, I don't know, dance, whatever, right? So you'll evolve and find newer, better ways to, to express the principle you live your life by, but, but the thing that remains is the principles. Does that communicate? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So the thing that people don't know, the thing that person needs to know most about who they are is to know what principles they live their life by. What principles are they most in harmony with? And when a person is fully aware of or deeply aware of the concept of principles, then what happens is they can see the principles that other people live their lives by. And they can begin to see through people because they can see the principles that they live their life by. And then they know who they're dealing with and how to interact with them. But mainly, you can see if somebody knows who they are or not because you can see how connected they are to their principles. Or are those principles dominating them? And usually when people... Usually when people I'm about to say. People are not normally dominated by the good qualities. The good principles. They're usually dominated by the opposite of the quality principles. So a person has to be constantly um, dominated by love. they got to choose love over and over and over and over again. But if they don't choose love, they're just as ha- they're just as likely to choose hate, anger, fear, bullying, and be dominated by those things. Not because they said I'm going to be a bully today. I think it's the best thing I can be today. They don't say that. Bully has them. Anger has them. Fear has them. You know what I mean? Does that uh, make sense? No. I'm trying to get it here. <laughs> When people, get, when people get triggered, they get triggered almost never other than laughter or happiness. They almost never get triggered by good qualities of character, by good principles. They get triggered by anger, frustration, fear, you know, mm-hmm. like that. That automatically hits them. They automatically become, that's who they automatically be. People don't usually walk around saying, I want to kill somebody, I'm so fucking mad. They don't wake up saying, that's how I want to feel today. That's how I want to be today. It takes them over. Because they don't have something that's in place that they consciously choose instead of that. Mm -hmm. They don't say, no matter how nasty this goes, I'm going to be loving. 
They just react however they react. Mm. Does that communicate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So knowing your principles that you live your life by will help you to remind yourself that these are the principles you live your life by. And then you'll eventually, when the person knows, is, is, is skillful at being the principles that they live their life by, then they end up using those principles as a um, quality control feature for them, quality control metric. How much have I been loving today? Mm. What's it going to take for me to get back to being loving now that I got triggered by being angry? Like that. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. But if you don't know what principles you live your life by, you can't. You won't be able to get back to them, and you won't recognize them in others. And if you be around somebody who knows who they are, they'll say you don't know who you are, and they don't have to leave you alone because. As soon as you get triggered, you're going to be somebody else. Mm. Mm. So you got to so you got to know the principles you live your life by because as you get more and more comfortable and familiar with using them and living by them, using them as your compass to move through life, then you'll be able to start seeing the principles other people live their life by. You'd be like, I don't live my life by that, but I can see I can see that you do. Because who we are is principles walking around in a body. Right. Okay. So I'm looking for my own self. I'm, I'm looking for my own self, like the principles. You know, like. Don't worry about it. Here's one. Mm-hmm. The reason why you don't have to worry about it because I'm gonna send you a list of them. Okay. So you need to identify the ones for you. I'll send you a list. Let me see. Fifteen, thirty, forty-five, fifty-five, almost sixty. Oh, no, no, okay, 15, 15, 30, 45, 60, 75. We got like almost 80 principles, uh, qualities of character that are good. And then uh, 15, 30, 45, 60, uh, I got 60 principles that are negative. <laughs> so you'll be able to see what's what, and you'll be able to start recognizing it in other people and like that. But uh, chances are you live by between 5 and 10. Like 5 or 10 are your highest principles. The ones that you're most toned, most tuned into. These principles are like radio stations, you know. One hundred seven point five. You're only going to get what floats on that station, <laughs> right? So love, you're be able to operate inside of love when you're on the station at WLOVE, you know. Right? If you're being loving, it's almost impossible to be anything else. You have to stop being loving in order to be something else. So if you're not a principle-based human being consciously, then you're unconsciously principle-based, which means you're a loose cannon. Mm. Loose cannons don't know who they are because otherwise they would be honoring their highest principles. Mm. Because of, because of principle, if nothing else. Mm. Mm. Uh, so I, I got that you got it. Mm-hmm. So the more you understand patience, 
the more you'll be able to recognize patience in others. The more you understand generosity, the more you'll be able to recognize generosity in others. The more you understand fear, the more you'll be able to recognize fear in others as well as yourself. And that's how you'll be able to start seeing who people are, by understanding the principles that they operate inside of or that they choose to live inside of. Because mm. we're human beings, and who we be is principles. Mm. Wow. I have to thank David R. Hawkins for this. The author of uh, Power Versus Force. <laughs> and um, I'm sharing that because uh, I remember when I first read that book, you were pissed off at me, and I don't blame you, but I couldn't stop reading it. Remember you had uh, Naima over at the house, and I was out in the park reading the book? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, I can't put the book down. I just can't put the book down. Power Versus Force taught me this. You didn't say it this way I'm saying it, but it taught me this. Mm. That was one of the few times I was like, I, you know what, I can understand why you're angry at me, but I can't stop reading. <laughs> stop. I think that's the shortest, that's the shortest length of time I ever read a full-length book that had big-ass words in it ever in life to this day. <laughs> day and a half, I was done. 300 pages of science. <laughs> I've been reading it on and off ever since. But seriously, going back to this, we are nothing but we are nothing but um, animals living principles. That's how we live, and then we find different ways to express and fulfill on those principles through love, work, eating, and whatever else we're doing. But it's all inside of being principles, principle based, and we don't understand the principles of why our planet is going in the fucking toilet right now. But we're fully capable of it, and so you want to find somebody. You want to find somebody that's consciously committed to being a certain quality of character that's either in harmony with yours, identical with yours. Most likely, it's going to be harmonious, not identical. But you want to know what they are, and that way you can honor theirs and let them let their principles support the relationship, and you bring other stuff that supports the relationship, and that's how you blend your personalities together. Mm. And this is why I record these sessions, so because I could never repeat what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is, why I, this is why I record these sessions, because I'm like, I know I'm going to say it the way you need me to hear it, but I never said it that way before. Mm. So when you start talking to people about relationships, and you know you should talk to Tony. Uh, this might be one of the things you want to em- em- endorse me around, you know. But that's a whole other story. Anything you want to say about that? What you're present to? Mm. Mm. That was heavy, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. It's part of my purpose to teach people this. 
Oh, wow. What? You know, everything that you're saying, it's, 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 you know, it's so funny that, you know, like, God, I think maybe that's why, you know, I'm really looking at my relationship with Peter because he, he is a very certain way and, and my person, my, you know, my principles matches up with his. That's why he have me around him, you know? God, totally makes Um, sense. Yeah, otherwise I will not be around him at all if I didn't. I possess some of that because he's very much, um, you know, he knows, you know, it's like one of the things he said yesterday when he was saying to me about going out, you know, for a 1030 show. He said, you sure you're not going to be tired because it's late? You sure you're not going to fall asleep? So I said to him, I said, you sound like you're trying to talk, you talk yourself out of going. He goes, why would I talk myself out of doing something that I don't want to do? If I don't want to do something, I don't do it. You know, I said, what, you're trying to talk me out of going? Oh shit! I gotta take this girl. I gotta hold on. Let me just tell this girl I call her right back. Okay. Hope maybe her sister died because it's strange that she's calling me. Um. Uh-huh. Yeah, strange that she's calling me. Her sister Mario died. She had cancer. She probably mm-hmm. died. I'm like, I'm. You know, I was just supposed to go to Atlanta for a funeral. I don't need to go to another funeral now. Anyway, um, you know, call and back. He was, yeah, I call her back, and he said. I don't need to talk myself out of doing something. If I don't want to do something, I'm not doing it. And nobody can maybe do something I don't want to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I said, so is that you try to talk me out of going? He's like, no, I'm just giving you the what so, so you get to make a decision that what it is you want to do, you know? I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> you know? But this, this is how he is, you know? He's like, if I don't want you to, if I don't want to do something, I'm not doing it. I got to talk myself out of it. Yeah, he's just trying to take care of you. You couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like don't you not don't you not think I know that if if it's ten thirty at night, don't you not think that I can hang out? You know what I mean? It's like what? Mm-hmm. I could have been one two o'clock in the morning, you know. But he is saying no. Just letting you know it's late. You know, it's a late show, and you might be tired. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I gotta. Yeah. I'm learning to understand his style of communication to me. So I was like, um. You know, maybe you know, but anyway, I guess you know he's just very he's very straightforward. He's very straightforward to me. He said, you can ask me anything you want to ask me. Just be prepared to take the to deal with the answer. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> but you can ask whatever you want to ask me. I don't want to lie to you, but just be prepared that you can handle what's gonna come out of my mouth. Yeah. So, um, what I want to say is a person's character, the quality of their character is based off the principles that they live their life by, whether they know they live in their life by principles or not. Mm-hmm. The quality of their character. A person's character is made up solely of the principles that they live their life by and what they're doing about it. So a person could have negative attitudes, and so they'll end up choosing negative qualities to operate inside of because that's what they see and that's what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Or they could come from a powerful place because – Regardless of what circumstances happen, this is how they're operating from. So now, the last thing I'm going to say about this, because this is going outside of the program, but I'm going to say it anyhow, is this. The way our brains operate based on how I can see it is something happens in the world. And then we have a thought about what happens. And then we interpret that thought to mean something, and then we feel some way about the, what we just interpreted. 
and then we'll do something. It's like five steps. Something happens, we have a thought about it, and we try to interpret what that thought means, and then we de- decide what that means. We have No, we feel how we feel about what we decided it means, and then we do something about it. It happens instant, almost instant. From the time something says boom to the time somebody takes their first step to run away, it's like a quarter of a second sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but all that happened at the same time. You know, he called you up and said, you know, you sure you want to, and you you went to, uh, you know, he said, you sure you want to, and then you had a thought called, um, was he doubting me? And you decided. Like, me, you call, yeah, like you're talking me out of it? Like, you're, I said I want to go, and you're going to tell me now at the time? Like, yeah. Where did that come in? But check it out, check it out. He said that, and then you had a thought called, why would he say that? Yeah. You know, because... Because you wouldn't say that. Right. If I told you we go out at 10.30. And then, hold on a second, and then you decided what he must have thought without checking in with him, and then you started asking him questions. No, I said you sound like you're trying to talk yourself out of doing, like you're talking yourself out of doing this thing because you come up with all these negatives, like all these negatives, you know. It's late. Got to drive over to things. Got to find a parking. Got to find a table. Um, I I don't know if um is any tickets of it if it's if it's full. I was like, damn, the way you come up with this thing, like you want to go. The, the point that I'm making with this whole thing is uh-huh. the qualities you the, the, the qualities of um, the principles you live your life by. The, you you happen to fall into some of the negative ones, and that's what dictated everything else that came out of your mouth until he calmed you down your fear or whatever else was going on for you uh-huh. is what had you decide that, you know, maybe you're trying to avoid something. Maybe you were standing inside of avoidance or something. I don't know. But when you look at these principles, you know, take a look and see how these principles dictated that particular conversation that you just shared with me. I, I don't want to take no, the time. No, but- yeah, but I, I mean, real quick on what you're saying is like, I, I guess the thing that I don't like people who say something and change their mind, you know? Yes. Say something okay. and change their mind, you know, like they become changeable. Like we yeah. said, we're going to go here. Now you're trying to tell me, oh, the weather, um, did you double check the calendar? You know, <laughs> like what? No, we already agreed to do something. Like once you agreed with me to do something, we're doing that. Okay. You know. Okay. So, you know, I'm inviting you to, I'm going to invite you to look at the, uh, the uh, when I send you this list, you're going to have a list of uh, negative principles, mm-hmm. which is really the opposite side of the other principles, really, really. And so look at them, see which one of them popped up for you, or if okay. any of them popped up for you, you know what I mean? Or yeah. Yeah, look for those, so that way you can start seeing what triggers you, you can start recognizing, you know, other people's uh, principles and other people's character, because our character is made up of the consistent principles that we live our life by. Okay. That's it. You know what I mean? So you can use this as an example to help you figure that out. And inside of that particular example, it'll help you figure out a whole lot of other people, places, and things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So this is awesome. And I'm glad I'm talking to somebody as smart as you, really. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I'm like, you know, because you're pulling it out of me and, you know, and then verifying what I'm saying at the same time. So I appreciate it. So now, after you know who you are, you want to know how to choose a partner wisely. I got a very short checklist, but mm-hmm. you want to 
You want to have everything on this checklist, okay? And it's general. It's principle-based, but it's general. Okay, great. So I'm just going to go through it real quick. Got any questions? You're not going to have a question for almost any of it, but I'm telling you what they are anyhow. So number one, a unified purpose for being in a relationship, which is what I said before, that you want that. Number one, more important than everything else. Number two, uh, both partners, your partner knows himself completely and so do you. Mm-hmm. Somebody who does. Because anyhow, and if you know yourself completely, it'd be easier for you to recognize if somebody doesn't. You'd be like, ah, you won't have to be able to put your finger on it, but you'd be like, nah, not a match. You just will. Quality character wise. Number three, life is far better with them in your life than without them. I know. Oh, Number four. Say it again. Everything that you say points towards Peter. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, uh, well, there's more. There's more. We got more sessions. It's just the first one. Oh, it's really start. It's just like the, the, listen. It's, the, the the pendulum hasn't shifted as yet. It's still okay. Okay, we can talk about that another time. Ten to ten states delicious. But anyhow, uh, oh, you're in the doubt stage. Oh, I got it. I got you. Okay, great. All right, so number four, five, and six are principles. Um, choosing a partner wisely. You want somebody who's forgiving, generous, and loving. Forgiving, generous. So a generous person, it's easy for a generous person to be forgiving, or a lot easier for a generous person to be forgiving. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness involves generosity to some degree. And then loving. So loving is not like romantic love. It's more like a higher state of consciousness love. It's um, someone who's not just loving to you, but they're loving in general. You know, they're loving to the customers. They're loving to their family. They're loving to whoever comes across them. It takes a lot for them to not be loving. Mm. So you want someone who's loving. Now, that don't mean they always smiling. And they're always trying to be, you know, trying to get you to fall in love with them. No, they're just loving. You know, like babies are, you know. They be screaming at you, but they still love you, right? As soon as they get what they want, they're back to being loving. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but you want to be able to recognize who who's loving, what does loving look like, you know? Anyhow, next. Number seven, uh, having the same love languages. We went over that fairly extensively. Uh, number eight, great sex. However often you do or don't want it, when you have it, it's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I ain't got to say much about that. Treating each other like family, number nine. That means this is not a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. It's the real deal. Like, no back doors. You ain't going nowhere. I got you. And they feel the same way about you. They may not like how things go, but no matter how bad it goes, it's never going to be because they're going to throw you away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're there no matter what. You know, you're mad at Mar- Mar- Marquise and Akil, but uh, <laughs> just because you're mad at them don't mean that they, they ain't going to be, you know, you still ain't loving them, you know? Mm-hmm. So you want to have that kind of a relationship. And be with somebody that sees relationships and sees you the same way. Mm-hmm. And then last is partnership. Did you ever do uh, 
Celebrated yeah. Man in Match. Oh yes. So you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the program. I really wish I could have been inside. That oh program. no, wait a minute! I didn't do Men in Marriage. I was supposed to. I, I, I paid for it. I never did it. I uh, should have done. <laughs> yeah. I paid for it. Never did it. I took no money back when I got into Scientology. I was like, ah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So partnership is one of the most difficult difficult things for women to do because, um. Y'all don't really want to do anything for the most part. Y'all really want us to do everything, and then y'all just be happy that you, we did everything. You know? We're willing to do that way, but it hurts you more than it hurts us that you're not in partnership with us. Because there's some things that we can't do without you because you know better, and, you know, you need to do it and have it done partly your way, and we get a chance to play together. And like I said, again, you never hear a guy say, how come I got to do all of this for you? Why I got to do all of this stuff? You don't hear guys say that. But the less a woman thinks and feels that way, the more there's an opportunity to play together. You know, you do your part, I do my part, and then we end up producing results. You know, in some areas, that's called football and baseball, you know, team sports, which really is partnership sports because there ain't nobody throwing a ball but the pitcher. pitcher. That's the pitcher's job. That's his part in the game. Throw the ball. Make sure they don't hit it. <laughs> That's his job. I'm going to throw this ball and you ain't hitting it. That's his job. Everybody else is supposed to catch the ball and get rid of those other guys on the field. That's their job. And then when they get to the bat, they're supposed to hit the ball that the pitcher don't want them to hit. <laughs> but each player has to produce his result. And in a marriage, in a in a powerfully loving relationship, you have to include partnership. Otherwise, it becomes one-sided. And y'all, and it's an opportunity for intimacy, for joining together, for being on the same team, you know, like that. So partnership. That's the last of the ten indicators that you want to use as your checklist, so to speak, in choosing a partner wisely. And uh, that's session number one. Great session. This one here, is the, this is the this is the only one that I, the the partnership part. Ah. Get it? I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to do partnership in the next two sessions. <laughs> okay, I'll look for it. So, how does this session gonna go? Is it one session a week, two sessions a week? How? Uh, well, I mean, I, I usually do one session a week, but I'm okay with doing two with you if you want to do Friday, Saturday, or something. You know, I'm I'm okay. I don't. It's six sessions. It ain't six weeks. You know. So when you want. Tomorrow, what can we do tomorrow and Friday? Uh, I could do Friday. I could do it tomorrow, but it'd be tomorrow evening. Um, no, actually, tomorrow's kind of a tied up, but I could do Friday. Friday works. 12 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, shit, wait a minute. I have an event. No, I have an event at the org on Friday. Uh, I think I got to be there at 2 o'clock. So 12 o'clock, I'm not going to work. I'll be traveling in. But maybe I can make my way there at 12 o'clock so I can sit. I can be on the phone with you at 12. You let me know. All right. So let's pencil it in for Friday at 12, and I'll yeah. just um, make my way there so I'll be at my desk, my office. Okay. Good All right. Thank you yes, so ma'am. much. I'm not going to kill yes. Peter off. I'm not going to kumbaya him. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Listen, there's so much more. I'm just going to tell you, there's so much more going on in this program. You have no idea. This is just session one, you know. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm just going to be nice. Yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And send me clients, I'm telling you, because they're going to be – I don't know what the relationship seminar is um, in, in, in um, Scientology. I just know it ain't this. No, it's it's different. The relationship you talked about, it goes over more of your communication, your calm cycle, you know, your communication cycle. And the same thing as it talks about, your principles, what you want, and all these things. But the thing is, the individual got to know what their principles are, and they got to find it for themselves, whereas yeah. this – you are helping them find it much faster versus, you know. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So you'll tell me more about it when we finish this programming completion. But, yeah, um, I probably need to do the relationship course to myself. Maybe I should do it. I haven't done yeah. it. Okay. Maybe that's fine. Okay, good. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Good. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.